0: Why hello there my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 15 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, back again with your favorite fantasy football podcast it is week 12 by the time you'll be hearing this oh my goodness how fast the fantasy season flies by gentlemen so fast
1: it's too sad like we wait all summer and all off season from february to september and then it's like wow we're already almost done with it so
0: i know a lot of time to talk trades and a lot of time to get to know your league mates a little bit more and in the spirit of doing that, we brought in one of our, our favorite league makes in the Mike Vrabel League. He's in a couple other d- dynasty leagues with us as well. Nick C., welcome on the pod.
2: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the invite. Um, looking forward to talking some fantasy football.
3: Yeah, and I feel like uh, this is the perfect timing. If you If you've been listening <laughs> to the pod for a while – uh, I feel like we brought up Nixie a handful of times, mostly in regard mm. to his inability to give up the man, Mr. Jonathan Taylor. And here he is uh, two days later after Johnny Taylor drops five touchdowns. So uh, to anyone that plays in a league with this guy, you're never going to get Johnny Taylor at this point. It's out of the question, unless you want to give up your whole roster, but it's still probably out of the question.
1: I can't, I can't talk about it.
2: <laughs> he is on straight lockdown. <laughs>
0: Dude, for real. I can Code imagine. Black. Code black lockdown. <laughs> like, is this is this like when they put the president in like the bomb shelter, like nobody's getting yes. in there? Exactly. <laughs> That's
2: exactly what's happening. <laughs> wow.
0: Maximum yeah. security. Hey, look, we've been foreshadowing Nick C for a while. And Jace, just like you said, Hollywood couldn't write a better script to get him on this. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously.
3: Seriously, man. It's perfect.
0: All right. We have a great episode for you guys today. We have reports from around the realm. We have our boom bust, backed by popular demand, we're going to have crystal ball, and all of us will probably take our victory laps at some time. And then we have some Thanksgiving comparisons to keep you in the festive mood for these Thanksgiving games. Gobble, gobble, everyone.
3: That's right. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) Max, you're probably very pumped about this. I feel like a lot of people forget about Thanksgiving in the hustle to get straight to Christmas, so... I feel like it's good. We're gonna take a moment to pause and appreciate this holiday that we Be did thankful. Have. Exactly. Be thankful. Gratitude and may
0: I be the first to say I'm thankful for the Dynasty Monarchy podcast and Dude, all of you. That's right. Oh cornball Peter out here. Before <laughs> we get into the episode, I did want to thank our sponsor. Back with us again for another week. It's game day liner. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original turf truck bed liner. Again, they're sponsoring us for multiple weeks here, so we really want to share our support with them. Sport your team, company, custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the USA. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or anywhere you need to sport your favorite logo. Each po- product is pet, party, and workproof. Visit gamedayliner.com and use the code DYNASTY21, all lowercase, DYNASTY21, to score 15% off your custom truck bed liner that's code dynasty 21 at gamedayliner.com to get 15 percent off your very own turf truck bed liner and i'm gonna say this i'm thankful for the game day liner family
2: as
3: well. yeah. man you're like russell wilson up here you cornball man but i love be we- <laughs> big corny big corny <laughs> no but yeah shout out to game day liner um check out their instagram too uh The guy uh, who runs the company, Jimmy Day, he is very active on there, showing all kinds of quick little tutorials on how the the game day liners are made and how to quickly clean uh, clean them up and uh, check them out on game day liner. Uh, I think they're at game day liner on Instagram and uh, they're a great follow.
0: Yeah, it's 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 pretty sad that, you know, football, it's it's starting its second act. And mm-hmm. for all those teams, like pushing playoff bursts and stuff like that, if, if you're a tailgating guy, we know that sooner or later, everybody's going to judge your tailgate. And that's one way to pop. One definite way to pop at your tailgate. Yes. So mm-hmm. go to gamedayliner.com, Absolutely. use code dynasty 21, all lowercase to get 15% off your custom truck bed liner, your turf truck bed liner. All right. We're going to get into reports from around the realm section. It's very rare that we start off with a Jaguar, but there wasn't much news to talk about. Jamal Agnew is going to be out for the season. What is that, their third back that's completely
3: hurt this year? Yeah, third wide receiver, I think. Yeah, they've been been all kinds of banked up, man. Their
0: skill positions are really ailing down at Jacksonville. I don't know what it is. Maybe Urban Meyer's pushing them a little too hard, thinking they're college (laughs) kids. Uh, But before getting hurt, he was seeing seven targets a game uh, since becoming regularly involved in the offense in week five. Now, with that being said, we see LaVisca Chennault maybe stepping into his fantasy relevance that we all thought he would have in the offseason. So the remaining schedule up until week 17, your championship match is going to be Atlanta, the Rams, Tennessee, Houston, New York in those playoff weeks. And then, the, and then against New England, do you guys think anything important is on the way for LaVisca or maybe even Marvin Jones for that matter for the rest of the year?
1: Uh, I mean, Jamal Agnew, he was really like, I really don't think many people are starting him like, Unless I started him actually last week because I had a apocalypse, but he's just one of those guys that he can take a deep play to the house, like 66-yard touchdown, whether it's rushing or passing, but I just don't really feel like he's a fantasy-relevant option. I mean, if anything, like I feel like this does help LaVisca Chenault, hopefully, but we just haven't seen Trevor Lawrence take that step in the NFL yet, so I'm still not confident starting any Jacksonville players.
3: Yeah, I think um, LaVisca definitely gets a slight boost, but his utilization is just – it's not its not like truly gadgety, but everything thrown his way or short, manufactured touches. It's not like he's a fantastic down-the-field route runner or has shown that ability yet. Um, personally, LaVisca, I there was a point in time where I was saying buy low, buy low, buy low. I don't know, man. Like I don't really see the upside for him in this Jacksonville offense at this point. He is a young guy that I wouldn't mind having on my team, but I think this most affects Marvin Jones. I think for anyone making a a push for the final title at the end, I think that um, schedule with exception to that um, week 17 matchup in New England is fantastic. So I love him as a wide receiver three with some week to week upside, but like Max said, Trevor Lawrence is you know, really not shown an ability to be a prolific passer in Jacksonville. So I don't know. I'm not expecting anything above wide receiver three numbers for either of these guys moving forward.
2: Yeah, I kind of think the same thing. I think it's really tough, like Max said, to like trust anyone from Jacksonville other than like James Robinson. Um, I think if Chenault was really going to like blow up, it would have been, in week four when Chark went down and Chanel really didn't see any uptick in production. So I think it's tough. I'm, I don't really trust him down the stretch, even though it's kind of a nice stretch of games. So.
0: I feel like any team in the league, you can find production in over a short period of time, depending on them getting hot or not. I don't see it for LaVisca either this year or maybe even in the future, you know, maybe we can chalk this up to a sophomore slump for him. But I really think Marvin Jones can kind of step into his own. It's usually these back half of these freshman years, these rookie years for these quarterbacks, that you start to see the uptick in the right direction. And we know Trevor Lawrence's pedigree coming from Clemson, you know, he was the number one overall pick four years out from his draft. Uh, So, or whatever, three years out from his draft. I feel like Marvin Jones is the veteran of the group. And if you're looking for depth at the wide receiver position, which everyone is, but if you're looking for better depth at the wide receiver position moving forward and into the playoffs, if Marvin Jones is out there in the ether in your dynasty league, maybe somebody had to drop somebody to, to make something work, but I would definitely go get him, sadly, because the trade deadline's
1: passed. Yeah. The one, the one, uh, the one clown I'm playing this week, I think his name's Nick C he's starting Marvin Jones. So. Oh yeah. Marvin Jones to the moon, baby. I wish him well.
3: I mean, fantastic matchup at home against Atlanta, but what Nick C brought up the name, James Robinson. I also neglected to even think about him in this scenario, but James Robinson, you know, last season, we saw him catching a ton of passes. So, you know, hopefully there's some upside that he gets more and more involved in the passing game in this offense, because, He showed the ability to make things happen when he has the ball in his hands um, and shows a great ability to catch the ball. So, yeah, definitely maybe a possible uptick for Mr. James Robinson.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into our second report from Around the Realm. Now, I want, like, Fox or whoever does the games for New Orleans moving forward. I just want Taysom Hill's, you know, nameplate just to say flex. I don't want it to say quarterback. I don't want it to say running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end. I just want it to say flex on it. But with that being said, Taysom Hill has signed a four-year extension that is going to be worth anywhere between 40 to $95 million. That's just funny to hear, uh, depending on which position he plays. Uh, if he's available on your waivers in a super flex league, are you trying to stash him in the hopes that he plays this year? Obviously, Trevor Simeon did not look Dynamite against that Eagle defense. Uh, and then moving forward, what do you think Taysom Hill's value is as a standalone quarterback in Superflex?
1: I mean, it's so tough because like if you asked me, I'd be like, oh, I don't really care much for him. Like he hasn't done much as a quarterback this year. He's been hurt and stuff like that. But then his team that sees him every single day is paying him forty to ninety five million dollars. So they must know something I don't know. Um, but I just like I just can't get on the board of Taysom Hill. Like, he is not on my Polar Express. He's not at my Thanksgiving table, whatever you want to call it. Like I do not want any part of this guy. I'm staying very far away. Personally,
3: I feel like we had this discussion not too long ago. I I'm still holding out hope for Mr. Taysom Hill, especially in uh four point per passing uh, touchdown leagues, just because he does present that rushing upside. Um, the thing about that deal though, like it gives you a certain amount of hope that you know, maybe he's going to be an option for them long term. But the fact that they structured it, depending on which position he plays, makes you feel like he's probably just going to be that same old utility guy that he's been. So I'm interested. I'm not willing to, you know, drop all my fab form or anything like that. If I play, play in a fab league or anything like that, we don't even know how much he's going to play this season. But long term, if I'm not competing this year and he's sitting around, he's a free agent ad, I'll throw him on the bench and stash him for sure.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I definitely would take a shot on him if he's on waivers. Um, But I don't really know how much standalone value he has long term. I think it's just tough. I mean, there really is that elite uh, rushing upside, like when he's playing quarterback. But I don't know. I was really assuming that he would have just slotted into that QB1 role for them when Jameis got hurt. And then they just went right to Trevor Simeon, who's been playing terribly so I don't know it doesn't really give me too much hope for Taysom Hill that they're really gonna trust in him as uh QB1 so
0: yeah Taysom Hill walked so that Jalen Hurts could run (laughs) it's really true because when I when I look at both of those players I see Jalen as a not fast not great passer but just an all-around athlete at the quarterback position that excels at certain things, right? He excels at running the ball, but he's not the quickest. He excels at pocket presence and knowing when to move around, but he's not Russell Wilson. You know, he, he is everything that these other players are better than him at, but just more average. So when I see Taysom Hill, I see a little bit worse version than the quarterback one on the year. Think about that. Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. is the quarterback one on the year so far this year, and he is 23 years old.
1: But he, mm-hmm. he, hasn't, he hasn't had a bye week yet.
0: This is true, but still, he's, he's the quarterback one through 11 weeks. Who would have thought this, right? Yeah, right. When I see Taysom Hill, I see Jalen Hurts. When I see Jalen Hurts, I see Taysom Hill. Light. Well, yeah. well other way around. Taysom Hill is Jalen Hurt's light. And mm-hmm. if New Orleans can ever uh, get the confidence to finally dive in with Taysom, he has that top 10 upside hundred percent.
3: I like that James uh, or Jalen Hurts comparison quite a bit just because like we've seen it this season, like you don't have to be the most elite passer in the world to get it done for fantasy. Um, we've seen the Eagles running the ball, like just running the skin off the ball lately. And back when Taysom Hill was starting last season through uh, weeks 11 through 14, I mean, he was an easy top 10 quarterback getting you 20 points a game. But in a lot of those games, he's throwing the ball less than, you know, 30 times a game. It's all based on that rushing upside and like that 50, 60 yard baseline that you get with both guys. So, um, yeah, just based on that alone, um, I think he's worth the stash here and there. But on top of that, too, Michael Thomas isn't playing this season. We have no idea what his long term outlook is even like, like it's been two years since we've seen him play. Um, They have no other weapons other than Michael Thomas in regards to wide receivers. Like I know these hot, like the hodgepodge of guys that they have been getting it done somewhat, but long-term I, I I worry about a quarterback with that big of a lack in weapons in the passing game.
0: All right. With that being said, we are going to move into boom bust of the week. Where some of us are going to take our victory laps from last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, I wanted to, I want to be a gracious host on this Thanksgiving episode and give our guest Nick C the chance. And this is this is very rare with me. I love my snake. I'm going to give you a chance to create the snake for Ooh. the rest of the episode. I feel honored. Um,
2: I'm going to go with. You know what peter let's start it off with you go max jace and then i'll follow it up
0: boom shakalaka all right if we're gonna start with my boom of the week please allow me to be insufferable for the next i'm gonna i'm gonna give myself one minute to be insufferable no we okay. want more we No want more make sure, <laughs> make sure you <laughs> cut me off after a minute because my jets phantom starts to bleed out after that oh well wow 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 elijah moore you know what maybe there is something of those crystal balls that you see in those uh those like witch and wizard shops telling you the truth i, I saw into the future and you know what the future was elijah moore 25.6 fantasy points and half point ppr he had one rush for 15 yards eight Catches on 11 targets for 141 yards against the Dolphins and a touchdown. Saw 67% of the snaps. And I hate to be like this, and I hate to say it. I'm sorry, Corey Davis. You're the wide receiver, too, again. And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Less than a minute. I I don't want to mention it again because I will be mentioning Mr. Moore later in the episode as well. Easier.
1: I mean, Peter, that was that was well behaved for you. I'm I'm proud of you there. So, but hey, look, it's
0: Thanksgiving. I I, you know no talking politics at the table. You know, no religion, no politics at the table. So, this is my Thanksgiving episode. I'm not going to bleed my Jets fandom out at the table to you guys.
1: Thank you, Peter. I mean, I don't know, Peter. I was checking my score, and I don't know why, because my team was projected to kill yours in Dynasty. But I, I then I checked, and I saw. I was projected to lose at one point and that's because of Mr. Eliza Moore caught his 60 yard touchdown. And I was like, why is Peter starting him? And then I saw you started him in another league. So I give you props there, Peter. So I just, he's still, I haven't seen him do it with Zach Wilson yet. And we'll see if he can do it this week versus the Houston Texans. What a tough task he has there. But I mean, coming out of college, we are very high on it at the dynasty monarchy. So I hope he can continue it up.
3: Yeah. Max brought up what I was going to bring up. Uh, Zach Wilson is slated to start this upcoming week. Joe Flacco just got put on the uh, the COVID reserve list. Um, so it is going to be the Zach Wilson show. I have to pose this to Peter. Are you at all worried that maybe a little bit of this Elijah Moore uh, booming is due to the backup quarterback situation? Do you think Zach Wilson can get it done for Mr. Moore? I think Zach Wilson has had four weeks
0: and this is not a Jet fan. This is a, you know, I'm not going to call myself an NFL analyst. I'll call myself a fantasy football analyst. This is, this is a completely unbiased Jets take, 100%. And I'll be honest about this. Zach Wilson said four weeks to stare down the barrel at a now top 12 passing offense in the league. They are a mm-hmm. top 12 passing offense in the league. I know. Don't pinch yourself, Jets fans. It's real. <laughs> and he said 12 weeks to see what he has to do. You got to dump it down to whatever running backs there. Ty Johnson's gonna be good now that Carter's out. He's literally Carter 2.0. He's got He's the A little, little worse, right? So you got to dump it down to Carter. You got to run a ball and you got to throw it to Elijah Moore over the middle and take what the defense gives you. I think he will be perfectly fine. I think this week he will have a great game and we'll talk about that later on the episode. But the only way that he doesn't have a good week is if. Houston is smart and double teams
3: him. Double Fair team. enough. Nixie, what do you got to say about the whole thing? How how are you feeling about Mr. Elijah Moore?
2: Yeah, so I didn't really know what my take was on him. I've just always heard Peter just gush about Elijah Moore, <laughs> so I have to like take that into consideration and Peter was right. I mean, Moore looks good with his opportunities. I think um I think he just has a great long-term outlook for him. I, I know the, like the quarterback situation is pretty like, I don't know, kind of shaky, but I don't know if Zach Wilson can get it going. And I, I think more can just keep on smashing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cool. All right. We're going to move
0: on. Only time will tell. And you know what? I'm excited. <laughs> it, it's a good time. It's a good time to be a Jets fan in New York. It's a good time. You're getting in on the ground floor right now. If if you are if you were off the Jets for the last couple of years, I understand. It's a good time to get back in. All right, we'll move on to the next boom right now. Let's get it.
1: My boom of the week is one of my favorite players. We might have talked about him last week. I don't know. We talk about him a decent amount, but I just can't talk about this man enough, and that's Devontae Adams. Um, seven catches, 115 yards, two touchdowns versus Minnesota. I mean, this was the Devonte Adams game that we knew he could have every single week. He was scoring those touchdowns. That's only his fifth touchdown of the, his fourth and fifth touchdown of the year. Whereas last year he had 18. So the touchdown regression has been like very concerning. Um, he has a bye week coming up as well, which kind of stinks for Devonte owners. But I really think in the playoffs and moving forward. I mean, he's a locked and loaded kind of guy for me. I mean, he plays Baltimore week one of the playoffs, and then he plays Cleveland in the second round, which, I mean, Cleveland, if we've seen Cleveland's defense, we know that's going to be a lot of points for Devontae. And then he plays Minnesota. So I really – I'm loving Devontae right now. And trade deadlines have probably passed, but I think he will finish as the wide receiver one this year over Cooper Cup. yeah, Bold.
3: Yeah, I don't have much to add on Mr. Devontae Adams. That playoff schedule is juicy, especially that um rematch against Minnesota at home in the uh the championship round. That's that's gonna be ridiculous. So um yeah, I, I don't have too much to add. You know, you, you get what you get with Devontae and it's nothing short of greatness each and every week. So um we will just have to wait and see what happens this offseason.
2: Yeah, I agree. Same same thing here. I don't really have too much to add, Devontae, I mean, locked and loaded. Top three wide receiver every year. I mean, even though um, Rodgers has kind of been, I don't know, he's been kind of weird this year. Not super, con- not as consistent as usual like last season. But I mean, Devontae's going to get the targets, and he's just a hoss. So lock him in.
3: Oppose um, I'll pose a ridiculous question, but it'll get some more uh, some more players involved. MVS had 10 targets in this game against Minnesota. Are we worried about MVS eating into Devontae's target share? Dude, when, where's the camera? Where's the camera right now? Am I getting punked? <laughs> so that's an obvious no. But, uh, yeah, Ashton Kutcher wanted me to ask that one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't really worry about MVS. He's been there for a couple of years. I was gonna ask a series of questions that we I don't know. We talk about so many players throughout different episodes, but I figured it's only right with uh, fade chase hate from Jace and then Nixie love <laughs> from Jace. So what do we rather from a dynasty perspective, would you rather have Devonte Adams or Chase? Adams. Devonte Adams. I would take Chase. I knew Nick C would take a chance. Yes, what do man. we have? have Devonte or CD? CD. Devonte. I would probably lean CD as well. All right, Devontae or Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Jeff. Jeff.
2: Yeah, J Jet for sure.
1: Devonte or Ridley? Devonte. Hey.
2: Yep. Okay.
1: And then that's last... the one you've been meaning to ask. Yeah, ask it. My, my last one is. Devontae or Diggs. Oh. oh you thought I was gonna ask Devonte or Cooper Cup.
0: Yeah give, give right. me this this is a player player I'd rather have Devante but situation and everything like that factored in, I will I will take Diggs every day
3: of the week. That I'm kinda leaning the same way with you. If I'm a contender right now, I'll take Devante. Long term, I'll take Diggs.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I think I would go digs just because of the uncertainty coming up with Devante um in the off season. So yeah, I would say digs.
1: And then all right, I got I got three more, but we're gonna rapid fire them real quick here. So does uh, you guys can answer all three of them at once. We'll just go through it. Mm-hmm. Devontae or AJ Brown, Devontae or DK Metcalf, and Devante or Cooper Cup.
3: I'll go AJ Brown, Devontae over DK, Cooper Cup.
0: The only one that I'm taking is AJ, AJB. That's it. All
2: right. Nixie? I'm I'm probably going AJ Brown, probably DK, and then I would take Devontae over Cooper. Wow.
1: Okay.
0: All right. We're going to move into our
3: next boom of the week. Let's hit it, Jase. Yeah. So uh, my boom of the week, victory lapping on Mr. Miles Gaskin that I foresaw in the magical crystal ball. Uh, he had a fantastic matchup with the New York Jets. Got away with uh, 23 carries, 89 yards, four targets, three receptions, seven yards, and got in the end zone, which I was also uh, – Peter and I were both uh, two for two on our touchdown predict, uh, predictions on the uh, the crystal ball. So, Miles Gaskin yeah. got himself a receiving touchdown. He played 74% of the snaps, which was a season high for him. Um, Salvin Ahmed was a healthy scratch in this one. And Duke Johnson was promoted from the practice squad in this one, um, and Duke Johnson has been irrelevant for quite some time, ever since um, his days in the land. Yeah, man, it's we were all uh, we were kind of hoping he would stay out of the picture, or at least I was, because then you don't have to deal with the old uh, uh, David Johnson, Duke Johnson uh, thing. If you're ever dealing with uh, waiver wire, free agency pickups, I know that's burned me a thousand times in the past, but. The biggest thing I got to say about Mr. Gaskin here is, you know, the, the increase in snaps and the healthy scratch of uh, Salvin Ahmed definitely is encouraging. You know, I feel like they're finally seeing that miles Gaskin is the best guy um, they have in the running back room and they're just going to give him the rock, but that offensive line is just so bad. And honestly, like, I know two has been pretty good, but I don't think I see him running any kind of high scoring offense where they're going to be on the goal line that often. Um, and On top of all that, the remaining schedule is very tough. He's got Carolina this upcoming week. Um, They got a really tough run defense. The New York Giants, who I think are allowing uh, less than three yards of carry to opposing running backs. Then he's got a bye week. And then he does draw the Jets again in your first uh, round of your fancy playoffs, which could be a nice start. Get a get a a repeat of this. Uh, Yep. And then he gets great start. Definitely. Uh, yeah, he'll be worth a start there. It'll be risky because it's Miles Gaskin in your uh, your first playoff matchup. But then he draw, he draws uh, New Orleans, who's a very tough um, run defense and the Tennessee, who's been pretty good defense over the last few weeks. So Miles Gaskin, you know, you can spot start him in that first matchup in the playoffs. But other than that, I am tampering all my expectations for him. I can see the volume, but the efficiency, I'm not even uh, I'm throwing that out the window. It's not happening.
1: Yeah, I just feel like Miami is kind of the place where fantasy running backs just – they start their career, and then it just never takes off after that. I mean, you had Jay Ajayi. You had Kenyon Drake, who was in Miami. You've had all these guys that are Miami Jay backs. Jay. And, yeah, like – and they all had their flashes. Super Bowl champion. Yeah. You mm-hmm. did a lot. Eagles. Yeah. Um, but I just – I can't get on board with Miles Gaskin, and especially with the schedule, like – you mentioned that, and I, I know that Miami plays New Orleans week 16 on Monday night. That's like the only thing I like from it that he plays on Monday. So <laughs> you can get a miracle out of him. So I, I really don't have much encouraging, that many encouraging things to say about him because I just don't believe in Tua and that offense and that whole system that they're running. Jalen Waddles look great, but Will Fuller's getting paid about $4 million every time he catches the ball because he just <laughs> damn the Dolphins. So good for Will Fuller. But Miles Gaskin, I'm, I'm out on him for Dynasty.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely, um,
1: not a big fan
2: of Gaskin. And I think you guys brought up in a, <laughs> an episode before, but it's just every other week. It has been for miles Gaskin on the odd numbered weeks. He booms, which is kind of strange, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like you said, Jace, I don't really like the schedule coming up. Um, I think it's probably gonna come to an end for him. I mean, he'll get some volume, but I'm, I'm not super encouraged with it.
0: Yeah, I'm not super high on him either. The only thing that I will say is those matchups against the Jets are good if you have a running back that faces the Jets. So, like, this week, uh, David Johnson, like I could see him just destroying the Jets' defense. They run screens, and then those, like, little wide receiver screens just destroy the Jets' defense. I think they rank worst in defending against screen plays. And especially in the like the red area, red zone, whatever you want to call it, they just literally kill teams. So if you have a fantasy running back that plays the Jets, it's worth a start. Now I want, I want everyone to uh, you know blow the trumpets. We have Nick C's victory lap of a lifetime coming up right here. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, yeah.
2: I could not be more excited for this one. Um, one of the best fantasy games you could ever ask for from a player came from Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, He played Buffalo. Great, obviously great defense. He went completely off against them. 32 carries, 185 yards, four rushing touchdowns. He also added another touchdown through the air on three receptions. I mean, you guys know it. I'm maybe the biggest JT fan probably there's probably somebody else, maybe his uh, mom or dad's probably a bigger fan of him. but
0: um, yeah, well, I don't just, know.
2: <laughs>
3: Pretty doubtful. He's just,
2: yeah. He's just shown, I mean, this is just what I think um he can do. Like I, I don't obviously think he's going to bring five touchdowns every week. That's unrealistic, but he just showed his elite upside. And I really do think that he's not at his ceiling yet this season. I think he's still gonna improve. Whoa. Whoa. but um, not
0: I, five touchdowns
2: is not yeah the ceiling, I'm not saying yeah I'm not six saying six like, touchdowns. Long... <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> um, but just like on the season long I think um he's just matchup proof it doesn't matter who he's playing he's just gonna ball out I think um, there was one stat that I saw that was pretty eye-popping to me and it was that the Colts have won every game that Jonathan Taylor has rushed for at least 80 yards, which I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but you guys know it. I love JT. It was crazy to see him go off for a game like that.
1: Yeah, you're probably in heaven Nick, C. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> Even
2: though I lost with him in, in the very oh, <laughs> We don't talk about that, though.
0: That's, yeah, no. that's, like, a, that's like you got to get hazed if you lose with a guy that puts up 50. <laughs> like, there's got to be a punishment. There's got to be a league right. punishment if your guy puts up over 40 and you lose.
1: Yo, Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, I got right. three things to say really quick. One, he already has more fantasy points this year than he did last year, which is pretty cool to me. Whoa. Um, he has 248 and he had 234 last year and he's played four last games, which is pretty cool. Two, I mean, Nixie, you might be right. I uh, Alvin Kamara last year scored seven on Christmas Day, and this year, uh, John Taylor plays on Christmas Day, I believe. Six, uh, six? he scored Kamara six, scored not seven. Six, six. Be sure. Hundred percent. All
0: right. Yes. I think it's
1: six. Jonathan Taylor scoring seven, um, but Nicky breaks had,
0: the NFL record. Yeah, he'll do
1: it. Um. But Nixie, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. We actually, I traded Jonathan Taylor to you in the off season. I just want to see mm-hmm. if you still stand by your trade. Um. Yeah,
2: I've thought about it, and like, it's obviously tough. Like, I don't. I think you easily got the better side, um, and obviously, like this year, Cup is popping off, and so so is Andrews. I mean, they they could be the number one player at their respective positions, but I mean, I'm I, I, out
1: loud. Yeah, read yep. the trade. So in the offseason I gave Nixie Jonathan Taylor, um Naheem Hines, Nom Nom Hines, the New Orleans Saints defense, and Juju Smith Schuster. Juju C., was a higher
0: asset at the time. Juju was
1: yes. And here's what I got in return, which might be my biggest haul I think I've ever received.
0: This Derrick is Andrew
1: out. Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews the 49ers defense and an early second round pick in the, in that last draft.
0: Those are three guys that were probably number one at their position for at least a week. Oh, this yeah, year. at least.
1: Yeah. So can, I mean, at the
0: time
3: them? though, Cooper cups value, like people, they were still like Matthew Stafford haters out there. I feel like everyone's like praise Matthew Stafford, but back then there were people like, well, oh, they just traded for Jared Goff 2.0, like an older version of Jared Goff. People like, I mean, Cooper cup is such a darling because we were all getting him in like the fourth, fifth round. if we were lucky. So, um, his value at the time definitely wasn't as high that, that one just hurts looking back, but, uh, yeah, still, I mean, Hey, you got your man, man. That's like, that's all that counts, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely hurts. I mean, you see the, these guys popping off like cup and Andrews and I, you know, I'll be the first to admit it's a fat overpay uh even though jt is a beast but yeah I don't know. I mean I don't stand by that trade for sure but
3: you know what can you do? Well we got the we got the baseline. We know what it would it might take to get yeah, Dubeck, exactly. you back. Know?
1: <laughs> That's all I got for J T. He speaks for himself. Definitely
0: yeah. I don't have anything to say about Jonathan Taylor.
1: The
3: the <laughs> one thing that I wanted to add is Nick C brought up the fact that JT is matchup proof at this point. I was looking, you know, looking later into the episode when we're going to do crystal ball. I was going to make uh, JT, my crystal ball bust of the week going against the Tampa Bay run defense. That's getting Vita Vea back. But I was looking at it and I just can't do it, man. Like he gets the work. They've like fully shifted this offense. And, uh, I mean, each and every week he's going to be, he has potential to be the number one running back regardless of matchup. All right.
0: So mm-hmm. we're going to get into our busts this week. Shame. 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 The clever Nick C learned our game and is going to snake it back around for us. <laughs> yes, sir. So uh,
2: I'm going to start off with, My bust of the week, and that's going to be Mr. Kyle Pitts. Uh, So he went up against New England, racked in three receptions for 29 yards. Uh, Just tough for Pitts. I mean, New uh, New England just dominated this game. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a bad bad for the rest of the season for Pitts because he kind of has some tough matchups, and he really only had two two weeks where he was above 20 points. So I don't know. I'm kind of down on
1: him rest of the season. Oh, I wish we had this episode last week, Nixie, when I tried to trade for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It, especially if you're win now, like I know Nixie is in one league that he has him. It's definitely tough to own Kyle Pitts, but he's such a generational talent that you're not going to sell low. And like, I'm sure Nixie would rather lose this year and continue to build his team than to yeah. sell Pitts and not have like that positional advantage every single week for the next 10 years. So. He had a bad week. I mean, I think if you can buy him at a dip right now, tight ends take a while to develop. We've seen Hawkinson, Fan, all these guys. Dallas Goddard, Peter's favorite. I mean, he took a while to develop Ooh. too. So Dallas, Definitely, if he's, he's so any, close this week, so close to scoring a touchdown, but he didn't. But if any discount to Kyle Pitts, please go out and buy Kyle Pitts.
3: Yeah, that'd be a, if you, if you guys still have trade deadlines that haven't passed, that'd be a glorious thing because. I don't know about you guys, but all mine are passed, and it just – it kind of stinks. I, I love the trading aspect. But, yeah, Kyle Pitts, it, it's just uh, – that offense stinks, man. Like, they really miss Calvin Ridley, if you ask me, some other threat to take the pressure off of um, Pitts. Um, Cordero's been banged up the last few games, and I think that definitely uh, hurts as well. I think, you know, he's not a true tight end from watching, you know, they line him – they line him up outside. So it's not like he's uh, matched up with linebackers all the time. I mean, he's getting the best corner treatment that the NFL can offer each and every week. So um, yeah, I think it's just going to take time for him to, to learn and develop and, you know, Matt Ryan, he's not the quarterback that he once was. So I I don't blame Kyle Pitts for, you know, at all his struggles, but you know, Nixie, you said you didn't like the schedule that much. I think there's a couple sneaky matchups in there for sure. The next two, Um, Jacksonville and Tampa Bay, definitely, I think present a little bit of upside, but Carolina, San Francisco, Buffalo, those are all tough, but he has a week 16 against Detroit. So anybody against Detroit has a shot. So I think, you know, there's a little bit of hope there. I I think each and every week I'm probably starting him over every single tight end. Um, you know, any other backup tight end that you have, if you have some other elite guy like Hawk or Kittle or whoever. I'm definitely starting those guys over him, but any touchdown or bust tight end is taking a seat on the bench uh, behind Kyle Pitts for me.
0: Yeah, I'll just say uh, this is the definition of a uh, New England Patriots game, just taking away the Falcons best weapon and making them look tiny out there. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I wouldn't buy into the narrative that, uh, that he's bad. I know he's not returning draft value this year uh, in, like, your redraft leagues. Uh, nobody expected him to, and that was, like, a big thing in the offseason from every, you know, analyst show out there was telling you don't draft him for redraft, whatever. Uh, but Dynasty, it's so long, and the guy's, like, 20 years old, or he just turned 21. He's, like, one of those guys that skipped six grades. In kindergarten and first grade, and he was like, he was like fifteen and a senior in high school. (laughs) Like, he's like one of those athletic specimens that that just kept moving forward. So he's so young compared to like Najee, who's a rookie too, who's twenty three, when he's all like barely twenty one or still twenty. I can't remember but he's going to have a lot of time to develop. He's got a big body, and he'll learn how to use it. Atlanta's going to be going full rebuild with a new quarterback next year. I can almost guarantee that. Uh, So I would be buying up that dip when the quarterback gets taken, and everybody realizes it's going to be a full rebuild. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. We will move into Mr. Jace's bust this week.
3: Yeah, this one, uh, another victory lap. Uh foresaw this one in the crystal ball last week. Uh, Michael Pittman, five targets, two catches, 23 yards. And, uh, you know, if you saw the the score of that game and didn't know anything about JT's big touchdown game, you'd see them scoring over 40 points and think, oh, Michael Pittman had to go over 100 and score two touchdowns. But no, man, he caught two balls. That's it for 23 yards. So uh, the biggest thing I got to say is, you know, I've, I've always kind of been a fader of Mr. Michael Pittman. Like he's proved us wrong a couple of times. He's looked like an alpha at times, um, but honestly, like I never, I never fully bought into it and I'm not bought into him for the rest of the season. Um, you know, I think going back to JT, we've seen this offense fully shift to this is the JT show. We have the, one of the best offensive lines in the league. We're going to use them. We're going to use our, um, the, the quote unquote best running back in the league. Um, And we're just going to ground and pound. So I think we've seen it shift. They want to keep the ball out of Carson Wentz's hand as much as possible. And um, yeah, he draws some, some pretty stingy matchups. He's got a great couple matchups coming up. He's got Tampa Bay this upcoming week. We've seen wide receivers been be pretty solid against them all season. They, I know they've been a little bit better as of late, but they're still vulnerable. Um, And then he's got a Houston in week 13, but then he's got a late week 14 bye. and then he's got new England, your first matchup of the playoffs. Um, and then week 16, he's got Arizona who's been, uh, they've been stingy against wide receivers at times. And then the Raiders in week 17 who have been locking down uh, opposing wide receivers all season. So I'm not buying into his finish. Um, this season, I, I'd be looking to, you know, pivot at times when I can, um, especially for a lot of these matchups like that new England matchup off the bye. um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know how you guys are feeling about him, but I- I'm overall I'm pretty out for him, on him uh, for the rest of the season.
1: I'll keep it short. Um, I kind of like the New England matchup, honestly. I think that really? Belichick will be taking away Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to be keen on the run game there, and I think that play action will be very big, and I think Pittman could definitely benefit from that. So I, I like the New England game. Fair enough.
2: Um, yeah, I think – I don't know. It's interesting with the matchups. I didn't really uh, realize what his playoff matchups were. So it's kind of tough on the outside. Um, I don't know. I'm definitely, I definitely agree with you, Jace. I think he has to have a, a lower outlook going on the rest of the
1: season.
0: I, I don't know. He He's just so weird. He'll like go out there and like perform, put up two touchdowns and like put up a monster game. And then the next week just dud out and that's just fantasy wide receivers in a nutshell, He's super young. I think the postseason will give you an opportunity to buy him low immediately. But if you wait and linger too long, the good news out of camp will be coming and it'll be too late. So right after the season's over, go try to buy him up.
3: Yeah, I just want to give one little quick tidbit. Um, Sorry that this might end up being a longer episode. But over the last three weeks, kind of since we've seen, you know, this shift into it becoming JT's offense, uh, Michael Pittman's only been averaging 5.3 targets per game. So, um, you know, earlier this season, we saw him have a couple 12 target games, an eight target game. Um, I, barring a shootout matchup, um, you know, I, I don't see those targets being
1: there for him. Absolutely. I, I think they add a wide receiver in the offseason too, but we'll get in that later. Mm.
0: All right, Max, I'm ready for you to put the final nail in the coffin
1: and me. I'm yeah. Ready. So, As you guys know, Peter loves uh, my Bust of the Week, Josh Jacobs. I'm just going to keep it short. I I don't know what Peter sees in him. I really don't. Um, The man, he's getting seven carries, nine carries, barely over 10 carries a game. Um, If he scores a touchdown, then he can get over double digits. But if not, I mean, he's gotten six, eight, eight points. I mean, it's really sad to see that this once top 12 back two years in a row, has now became just a guy that's not even getting 10 carries. He's getting face out of the offense. His passing game work has gone up, but I just think he's touched on her bus at this point.
3: Personally, just to, I'll be quick about it. We talked about it all off season, or at least one of my big points on him was he's just super game script dependent. Like if they're not winning, he's honestly not involved. Another receiving game usage uh, usage has been up lately, but he hasn't really been doing anything spectacular with it. Um, so I think, you know, if if it's a game that you think they're going to win, then he's going to be a great start. Hopefully he falls in the end zone. But I mean, if it looks like Vegas is going to get blown out for whatever reason, then I, I might be willing to pivot for sure.
1: Like this week versus Dallas.
3: Yeah, depending on your depth, he could, uh, you could pivot off of that for sure. Uh, granted, Dallas is down a bunch of their weapons possibly. So
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jace. Um, I think he's definitely game script dependent. And I I was never really a big Jacobs fan to start with. So this just hasn't really uh, changed my tune on him either. So definitely feeling down on him.
0: This is all (laughs) I can say for my boy. In the summer, Monarchs had a unanimous. We're a little bit lower on Michael Carter than everyone else. We said pump the brakes on Mr. Carter. And even I said that as a Jet fan. You know, we saw all these factors play in, and then it didn't, you know, it didn't work out at the start, but then he started to prove himself, right? The difference between that and this is that Josh Jacobs, we have seen on field him not play up to scratch. He's extremely game script dependent. And I'm out here being 100% brutally honest. It's very sad. Uh, this is like the death of a son. Josh you Jacobs can tell. Is a son to me.
3: It's so sad. I like totally you can tell, tell, like if you play
0: the start <laughs> of the episode versus now, like my voice was so much happier, and it's so sad to watch him. Because I, I see when he has the ball in his hand, when he's running through the tackles, how great he is, and it's just sad to watch him get scripted out. The only hope is that next year the Raiders are going to have a new coach. Josh Jacobs will still be under twenty-four at the start of next year, under 25, something like that. And he'll be a young asset who can maybe have a coach realize how great he is.
1: Yep. Keep telling yourself positive thoughts, Peter. I like it.
0: That's it. I'm sorry. All right. Peter. Thank you all for coming to Mr. Uh, Mr. Jacobs's 2021 funeral.
3: Sad days, Peter. So sad. I still like him long-term like you he do. He's still so young, <laughs> but – I. Just for right now, like like I said, if you think they're going to win, start them. Otherwise, if you have good pivot options, I'm willing to pivot.
1: So I think it's only right that we get to move to you. Nixie, you set the order perfectly. Since my bus was Josh Jacobs, Peter, your bus is one of my guys. So take us away. Yeah. Let me, let me hit the alley-oop real quick on you.
0: <laughs> I see – a guy almost put up 100 yards in a game and you go holy moly this guy put up 100 yards almost 100 yards he must have had a great week and i look and antonio gibson puts up 7.5 points what is that he had 19 carries for 95 yards rushing but here's the big kicker zero targets zero they did not look him look his way once passing the football in that game Beyond that, to be, this is probably even worse than not getting a single target. He found his way in the red zone, getting the ball, chunking yards, and completely untouched fumbles the ball inside of the 15 and then gets stopped inside of the five twice by gang tackling. He had a terrible, terrible, terrible week. This is one where the fantasy stat sheet said no But the actual stat sheet, like the the game box score said, yes, this is another week that Antonio Gibson has not looked the best for fantasy. I have no idea what to do with him. The only thing that's great is that he is super, super young in a, I would say, maturing Washington football team. I wouldn't say that they're young or they're growing. I would just say they're getting older and a little bit more experienced.
1: I think you said it pretty perfectly. I mean, he's kind of like Josh Jacobs. He does well when he scores touchdowns. I mean, he only has six touchdowns on the year. Um, But, like, even if you look at Tampa Bay last week when he had 24 carries for 64 yards, that's 2.6 yards a carry. That's not good. The only thing that bailed him out was two rushing touchdowns. So, definitely been sad to see. But the one thing that I will say about Antonio Gibson, since we're keeping it brief here, he has Philadelphia's rushing defense twice in the playoffs, which I think is that very is true. So when we got to 15, make the
0: playoffs I mean, first, I
1: have to make the playoffs, but I know a fellow fellow guest Nick C just traded for him in a different league from me to, mm. to make the playoff run. Mm. Well, uh
3: Nick C, I'll, I'll let you kick this off. Maybe you want to discuss your thinking, maybe bring up the trade.
2: Um, I definitely think Gibson, it, like you said, his playoff schedule is super nice. So I'm contending in, uh, in one dynasty league, and my one running back is Swift. My other one's Barkley. So Barkley has kind of been inconsistent with his injuries and stuff. So I kind of wanted to lock down another RB. Uh, I traded Max, uh, Michael Gallup, Jordan Love, uh, 23 first and Ravens D and I got back Curtis Samuel Gibson Patriots defense and uh, 22 and 23 third rounder. Um, so it was really just a playoff move. And for me, just because uh, New England defense placed Jacksonville in uh, the final week of the season. So I know it's kind of thinking like wishful thinking that I'll make it there, but if I do, I'll have a smash matchup there. And I think Gibson can help me in the
3: playoffs with those two Philly matchups. Is a, was that a super flex or one quarterback league? Yeah. Super flex league. Okay. Okay. So the Jordan love piece means a little bit more, but I I like that trade a lot. Like for, uh, for Max, the rebuilder, I guess, in that situation, and then Nixie, the competitor, like I love that trade. That's like
1: dead even down the middle, if you ask me. So. Cool. That trade gave me six first round picks in 2023. Woo. woo! Uh, It's a class that I like, but it's a little bit of patience. All
0: right. That's going to wrap it up for our boom bust section. We're going to move into crystal ball. Now we're going to zoom through crystal ball and then get to our Thanksgiving special at the end. And then to keep with our order, I guess I'm just going to have to go first.
1: Why don't you do both Uh your your boom and your bust right now?
0: The boom. So when I look into the crystal ball, you know, I say, oh, crystal ball, crystal ball, you know, tell me who's going to play well or something that rhymes. And I look deeper in the fog starts coming up and I see Mr. Elijah Moore again. Oh, who would have thought? Did you pick up (laughs) last week's crystal ball? It, no it's the same it, it's the same one for all of us we pass it around
3: did you shake it hard yeah. enough yeah
0: oh you can't shake the crystal ball you, you spin it and then you put oh, your okay, hand over okay, it fair. maybe you put a cloak over it and like like okay cast a spell on it no i said Mine. some words that like kind of rhymed i don't know they probably even mine's did. a
3: mine's just a magic eight ball sorry that that's where the oh, yours comes it? from yeah i gotta just shake that guy well,
0: speaking about the eight ball, that's Elijah Moore's
3: oh, emoji. Oh, another one.
0: That's his emoji. <laughs> Boom. He's the eight ball because he wears number eight and he's quote unquote different, as the young kids say in this day and age. That's Elijah good. Moore is going to be going up against the eighth ranked defense uh, against the pass. Well, bottom eight ranked defense against the pass. I think Zach Wilson's going to be back and Houston. Their strength is at linebacker. It's not at those outside corners, so those tight ends and running back dump offs aren't going to be there. I would also say that Corey Davis would boom. I'll say that any Jet receiver has the chance to really make a case for themselves, but I'm just going to stick with the hot hand in Elijah Moore. Uh, and then the the crystal ball. When I was looking into it, it had Leonard Fournette as as yeah. the little poopy face boy for the week. Indianapolis is a top three run defense. I really think that they are starting to roll. Obviously Tampa Bay is going to be a different kind of struggle, but Tom Brady has never, I would say, depended on his run game to win games. Obviously it was very nice and helped him set up, you know, play action and stuff like that. But when the run's not there, I know Bruce Arians and I know Tom and that entire offense, they're not going to pound the ball just to pound their heads up against a brick wall and realize that it's not going to move. So I really don't think Leonard Fournette's going to have a great week this week.
1: I like them both. We won't, we won't touch them too much. It's just crystal ball talk. So I'm going to move quick here and I have a pair of old Miss receivers. One is a boom, or one is going to have a great week and one's going to have a bad week. And
0: did you consult the crystal ball about this?
1: Oh, I consulted the crystal ball multiple times today. And it just kept telling me old miss wide receivers. And that's why you picked Elijah Moore. And that's why I picked. DK Metcalf for my crystal ball boom of the week. Um, he plays on Monday night and you know, if you know me, I love primetime games, especially Monday night games and he plays the football team. So I think he's due for a really big bounce back game. Um, I think the Seattle offense gets going and I think DK finally gets unleashed with Russ again. And then my bust of the week, which I think honestly a pretty easy bust to see. And I'm really glad I get to play him in a redraft. And that's, A.J. Brown, he plays the New England Patriots. He's banged up. Um, Belichick knows he's their only guy that they really like to throw to. I think it's going to be a tough day for uh, Mr. A.J. Brown. I
3: sadly agree because I'm going against Max in redraft in a very pivotal matchup, and uh, I got A.J. Brown sitting on my squad, so that might hurt. But
0: uh, One touchdown away from fantasy relevance any week, any player.
3: Hey, that's right. Hey, that's right. And this is A.J. Brown we're talking about. It can happen any week. Um, so moving into my crystal ball picks of the week. First off, I'm shaking up the the magic eight ball here, and uh, it's, it's showing me uh, Mr. David Montgomery for uh, my boom pick of the week. Um, I, I like a lot of matchups this week. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I really struggled to find a bust, um, but I, I love David Montgomery this week. Um, Justin Fields is out in this one. Andy Dalton is in. Um, Allen Robinson is looking doubtful once again, and Darnell Mooney himself—he is banged up and has been limited in both practices this week. Um, it is the Thursday Thanksgiving game, so it is a short week. Um, and I just really like the Bears to defeat uh, Mr. Montgomery in this one against Detroit. Um, I think they're going to want to keep the ball out of Dalton's hands as much as possible. Um, Khalil Herbert—he's only been—he only played 12% of the snaps this past week, and. Damian Williams is looking to miss another game. So um, I like David Montgomery to get uh, back into the receiving game a little bit this week. Um, On top of that, the lions are just an incredible matchup. Um, They are, they, they've given up the second most points to opposing running backs this season Um, against them. Teams are averaging 26 attempts, 114 yards on the ground, one touchdown. And then in, in the receiving game for running backs, um opposing teams are averaging four and a half targets uh, 3.7 receptions 32 and a half yards and another 0.7 touchdowns so i think uh, montgomery has a good shot for a big thanksgiving multi-touchdown uh game this week and uh i'm firing him up uh anywhere i have him next for my bust of the week i'm shaking, shaking up the magic me? yeah i'm shaking it up here oh 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 no Guys, this is, this is a guy we all love. Mr. Hard Knocks himself. Dakota Prescott is my bust Ooh, of the week. Ankle fusion. It hurts. It hurts. Um, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, we've been waiting to see him have some big blow-up games all season after re- uh, recovering from that injury last year. Um, prior to that, we were seeing him throw the ball upwards to, you know, 40 times a game. We haven't seen that all season, and uh, I I don't think we're going to see it um, in this game. CeeDee Lamb is looking to be out again with a concussion in this one. Um, Amari Cooper is set to miss this one because of COVID protocols. And uh, so it's going to be the Michael Gallup show out there, and that's about it. So I really like Dallas to lean on Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in this one. Zeke's um, back to practice um, fully healthy. So, you know, not fully healthy, but he's practicing fully Um, he's a beast. He's been able to handle a workload his whole career. So I think this is going to be Zeke and Pollard and Dak, you know, he might throw a touchdown screen here to Zeke or Pollard here or there, but I think if there's going to be any touchdowns scored, any upside guys, it's the run game in this one. Um, on top of that too, the Raiders have been very stingy against uh, opposing quarterbacks this season. They only give up 232 yards per game, uh, to opposing quarterbacks. Um, But they are vulnerable on the run side of things, so I expect lots of carries for Pollard and uh, Zeke for this one. I really like that. Yeah, pretty good.
0: Instead of a crystal ball, we got to make sure we don't discriminate and put in our eight ball of the week too. Right. (laughs) Any any kind of foretelling magical object is viable (laughs) in this section if you're playing along at home with us. Right. All right, Nick C., Let's get it.
2: All right, so I'm looking into my crystal ball, rubbing it in a little bit, and there's only two words that are coming up. It's I'm back. This is going to be Cam Newton against this his second Miami game. Yeah, this is going to be another one. I mean, he's playing Miami, uh, their bottom three in points allowed to the quarterback position. I think it's just a smash spot for Cam Newton. Uh, I think he has that rushing baseline that's safe for you and he adds that passing. I mean, he's going for a 20 plus, I think. So, um, and then looking into the crystal ball again for the bust. And this one is just saying, even weak, it's going to be Miles Gaskin. He goes off even week. He busts on the <laughs> even weeks, so he's going against Carolina. They're top, yes, <laughs> running backs, and, and it's just a tough matchup for Gaskin. I mean, he went off against the Jets, um, but that's an easy easy matchup for him. But and an
1: odd week, so yeah, and
2: an odd yeah, week, dude.
1: This so is the I, odd
0: week voodoo.
2: Yeah,
1: I I don't
2: like Gaskin this week. I think he's a bust. I like great it. call.
0: All right. That's going to be our crystal ball for telling objects segment. We'll rename it in the future to allow all kinds of fortune telling devices just so everyone at home can play along. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. But that's going to wrap it up for that section. And we are finally moving into our gobble, gobble Thanksgiving comparison section. My favorite part of this week, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. So, anytime we can, we can fuse fantasy football and Thanksgiving into our same segment, I'm a very happy boy. All right. Who just did that?
3: That was me.
0: <laughs> I want everyone to know that that is not a sound effect. That is the turkey man himself. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty solid, right? That's pretty good. All right. Nixie, kick us off here. All right. So, every Thanksgiving.
2: You know it's the main course. It's that good old turkey. It's got to be CMC, just one of the most consistent fantasy football players, the main course. He's he's the main course in fantasy football. I mean, this guy will win you leagues. I mean, not this year just because he's been hurt, but normally he's going to get you 20-plus points every week, no question.
0: All right, really quick before we get into the next one, I did want to throw out some families – across America, decide not to go with the turkey and go with an alternative option, the ham. Now, the ham doesn't get as much love, but has been making its way up the ranks over the course of the last couple of years. And it hurts for me to have to say this one when you're in the call, Nick, but I feel like that's got to be Jonathan Taylor. It's Mm -hmm. starting to gain ground on the turkey in Thanksgiving. I like it. The honey-baked ham. JT is the The honey-baked ham. JT is the honey-baked ham, Yes, sir. making making waves. Every family's having the the debate. You know, maybe next year we got to go with the ham.
1: There you go. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, who's our, who's our uh, stuffing and
3: dressing, would you say? For stuffing and dressing, I, I got good old Ezekiel Elliott, baby. I feel like he's been a staple on Thanksgiving Day, uh, you know, jumping into that that a big old bucket and uh, the Salvation Army bucket and uh, peeping out of there. And uh, I I just feel like every Thanksgiving he puts on a show. He's been uh, he's been in the NFL for such a long time, um, just doing the same old thing he's done since he got into the league. You know, even this season, everyone was worried about him, but he's the number or number seven running back um, in fantasy football right now. He's just, he's a staple piece. You know what you're going to get each and every week with him.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and moving now to uh, one of my favorite players, uh, the mashed potatoes and gravy. We have a, a combo here of Nicholas Jamal Charles and Kareem Hunt. Nicholas Jamal Charles. Oh, Charles <laughs> no. is still playing! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no, Nicholas Jamal. Chubb. This is oh. terrible. Oh, oh man. man! Oh, I'm
0: sorry. you need to get some mashed potatoes and gravy in your
3: system you're not thinking right you need to nickname him on sleeper right now you need to nickname him on sleeper right now nicholas jamal charles (laughs)
1: that's terrible okay well before i kill the segment nicholas jamal chubb and kareem hunt i mean they're a dynamic duo you know one of them's been banged up and he's coming back this week hopefully with uh Kareem Hunt, but it's a staple at every meal. Nick Chubb running through defenses, stiff arm of defenses, and then Kareem Hunt coming to blow the top off with the gravy. It's a, it's a pretty good balance we got going.
0: The one two punch.
1: That's right, Peter.
0: One's not the same without the other.
1: Very, very. Right.
0: All right. We're going to get into the more uh, side pieces, the less staple pieces of Thanksgiving, the more side pieces, those, those off-brand dishes, I get the sweet potato casserole. And when I think of sweet potato casserole, I get so excited. I am I am so excited to take that first bite with all the marshmallow on top and the brown sugar. And then that second bite comes and the third bite, and you're like, uh, it's too sweet. I think I had too much. And then you get sick. That's DJ Moore, if I've ever heard it. <laughs> That first couple bites this week, this year, I was like, DJ Moore! I was (laughs) screaming from the rooftops. I invested so much in this guy in so many leagues. And then as the weeks went on and I kept taking another bite and another bite, it just started to disappoint me. And it's very Mm -hmm. sad. And we're going to snake it back around. I will get some cranberry sauce. I don't like cranberry sauce. I know there are some people out there that like cranberry sauce, but... Cranberry sauce is a lie. It's not good. I don't care. And for this year, our cranberry sauce is A-Rob. Very sad, the year he's put on. All of us came into the year with high expectations, just like some people out there at their Thanksgiving dinners. Then they take that first bite. You know, Some people out there never tried it and hear all this hype about it, and they take that first bite, and it just leaves a bad taste in their mouth for the rest of the meal.
1: And if that's not a Rob this year, I don't know what is. Pretty, yep, pretty, absolutely. Pretty All right, I'm going to try not to butcher the name here. Um, but now we're moving on to the salmon for the vegetarian eaters out there, pescatarian, whatever, we, whatever you want to call yourself. But uh, shout out you. Shout out to myself. Um, we, as a community here at the podcast, decided to go with Cordell Patterson. You know, we think salmon's kind of a flex option. Cordell Patterson, he can be played as a wide receiver or running back. Um in a lot of different platforms. The man can do it all. He returns kicks. he he's on special teams. He runs the ball, he catches the ball. Um he's really been a very big key to that Atlanta Falcons uh, offense. and for me, the salmon's gonna be a very big key to my meal on uh, Thanksgiving Day.
0: He's the off-brand turkey. That's right. <laughs> Discount turkey.
3: That's right. Nick C, you're our guest on this one. I feel like it's only right you get the first slice of apple pie. Who's our apple pie?
2: That apple pie is gonna be Travis Kelsey. He's the sweetest part of the meal. Woo. You know, with him, everyone loves him. Tight end one for twenty years in a row or whatever it <laughs> is, but Travis Kelsey's that good old apple pie.
1: He went to your college, season.
2: Oh yeah, go Bearcats, baby number four. Hey, go Bearcats.
0: All right. Anything from the guys before we wrap up the episode? Oh, yeah. I have a hand up. A well-behaved young man in the audience. That's
1: right. Me and Nicholas Jamal Charles. Um. So <laughs> I. So there's a lot of scores this week in uh, week eleven. But can you guys guess how much? How many points the perfect lineup would have scored you? Two hundred. Full point PPR. Two
0: hundred and twenty.
3: I was gonna say probably. I mean, it's probably gonna be like two eighty. I'll go right in the middle at 255.
1: 302. Whoa. What? Yeah, Herbert. What's with the
0: perfect team?
1: Herbert with 34. Jonathan Taylor with 53. There's decimals after, but I'm not reading those. Uh, Austin Eckler with 41. Justin Jefferson with 37. Devontae with 30. Zach Ertz with 28. Elijah Moore, Mr. 8-ball himself, with 29. The 8-ball. Um, the Bengals <laughs> kicker. Evan McPherson for 21, and the Patriots defense for 28. Wow. Wow. He's the winner. It's only right.
0: All right. With that last little piece of trivia, from our family to yours, we did want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and a safe holiday season upcoming. We're still going to give out episodes moving forward, so don't think of this as a goodbye. It's just a we'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. To you and yours, it is very important. Hug a loved one. This time of year makes us remember how blessed we are to be able to play fantasy football and even worry about that as part of our lives uh, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, With that being said, anything from the other Monarchs here?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate the invite. Uh, It was a lot of fun uh, shooting the crap and talking some fantasy
0: football. Had to have the resident JT holder on.
3: Definitely. It was only right that you finally ended up on here after we've been name dropping you for so long and we'll have you on again soon, dude. It was a, it was a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy. We're going to be putting out a couple bets for Thanksgiving to help you ingest that whole lot of Turkey, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, sweet potato casserole, all that stuff. You're going to be, Shoving down your gullet. Let's shove down some bets and take it to Vegas this week. With that being said, thank you all. Follow us on Apple Pod, Spotify, Spotify Podcast. Give us a like. Follow us on Twitter. Do whatever you got to do. Spread our name. Tell your grandmother about the show during Thanksgiving. Instead of talking about horrible political stuff, talk about our podcast and spread the word at your at your Thanksgiving table. And you know what? I bet there will be less fighting.
1: Definitely. So. <laughs>
0: Thanks to everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys on Saturday's gambling episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice, tweet or DM at dynasty monarchy on Twitter until next time. Farewell, my fellow Kings and Queens.